Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Friday, everyone. Well, we are coming to the close of our study on two kingdoms. We have seen that no matter how many nations there are in the world, when God looks at the earth, he sees two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness is led by the God of this world, and the kingdom of light is led by Christ. And the scripture tells us in Colossians 1 that we have been conveyed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light when we accept Christ's salvation and we ask him to come in and sit on the throne of our heart, our life. That's the first step. Salvation gets us into the kingdom of God. But we have been talking how we are to manifest that kingdom once we are in it. We are God's representatives. We are his witnesses on earth. And the scripture tells us in Ephesians 5 that we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord, and that we are to walk as children of light. And Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? So we see that God expects us to manifest his kingdom through our lives. We are lights in this world, and the light that we shine is the difference in the lifestyles between these two kingdoms. Now, we've seen that there are six areas of difference. The first area is our attitude. We think differently. We're positive rather than negative. The second one is our language. We speak differently. We speak gratefulness rather than complaint. And then we saw that our social structure is different. We value people differently. We desire to be servants rather than masters. And then fourthly, our economics. We work differently. We work on the basis of sowing and reaping rather than buying and selling. Now that brings us to the fifth difference, and that is that we use money differently. Our financial philosophy is different than that which is in the world. And I would sum it up in this way. Our motivation regarding money is more to give than it is to receive. Jesus said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now Jesus makes a clear distinction here and says you have a choice. You can't have it both ways. You can't serve two masters. Either money will be your servant or it will be your master. And he uses this term mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a spiritual force. And it's a spiritual force that causes you to view money as your source rather than God. You see, when you begin to look to money to do for you the things that only God can do for you, then you have made it your master. You begin to worship it. Many people in the world feel that 
Money gives them security, gives them a sense of peace and joy and will bring happiness to them because they can purchase the things that they want. They can go the places that they want to go. And so they view money as something that if I could get this, it will help me. Then I would be happy. They view money as something external to themselves that if they were able to get enough of it, it would allow them to be fulfilled. Now, in the kingdom of God, we don't view money that way because we look to God as our source. He is my stability. He is my peace. He is my happiness. It doesn't matter how much money I have. I can secure those things through my faith and confidence in Christ. And so for a Christian, he views money not as something external that if he could get it, it would fulfill him. He views money as an extension of our own lives. In other words, we work, we put our toil and effort towards something, and we get money in return. Now we can use that money as an extension of my work, as an extension of my desires, to bless someone else, to help someone else, for it to be in the control of Christ who sits on the throne of my heart. Money is not something different from our life. To a Christian, it's the extension of his life. We put our energy and effort forward to get it, And we receive money, and then Christ directs us how that money should be spent. Money is not to be in the equation that something that I need in order for me to be fulfilled. Now, that is a big difference. And I tell you, it is hard for us as Christians to not be influenced by the spirit of mammon. Now, what are some symptoms that would show us that we're being influenced by mammon. Well, first, it would be worry and anxiety over money. If we view it as our source, then we become anxious that that source does not get cut off. Also, it would bring on an area of stinginess because I don't want to give because if I give, I'll have less. And it promotes greed. And you begin to look at get-rich-quick schemes because we don't view money As a result of our labor, we view it as something separate from ourselves, and so we want to get it quickly without labor. Another symptom of mammon is that you have an awe of those that have money, and you become covetous of what they have, thinking, if I only had money, then I could have what they have. And then finally, there's a religious aspect of it. And Jesus warns about giving your alms before men because the spirit of mammon wants you to make a public display that you are giving your money to some cause and that would bring back to you some kind of praise or adoration. So that is the fifth aspect that is different in the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And the last great difference is in our justice system. We judge things differently. We have an inclination to forgive rather than condemn. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why in the kingdom of God are we inclined to forgive? Because we have experienced the forgiveness of the Lord. 
Listen, when you are a Christian, you're so appreciative that you didn't get what you deserved. We all deserve death. We all deserve eternal judgment. But God forgave us. He forgave us while we were still rebellious, while we were still in our sin. He came, He died on the cross, and made a way that we could come back to Him. And because of His great love and His forgiveness, it woos us. It breaks our rebelliousness and causes us to come back to Him. When you see that, how can we then turn to someone else and want to take vengeance on them and hope that they get everything that they deserve? You see, this is the big difference of Christians. It's not that we don't see that what a person does is wrong. It's just that we realize that we're all sinners and we need something to free us from this sin. Jesus gave the parable about the man who owed this big debt and he went to his creditor and he asked that the debt would be forgiven and the man had compassion on him and forgave him. And then Jesus said that man turned around and went out and saw another man that just owed him a small amount of money and this man begged him as he had to his creditor that he would be forgiven. But this man wouldn't forgive. And he took the man and he threw him into prison and said, you're not going to get out till you pay me everything. And Jesus said, when the man that had forgiven him saw him do this, that he brought him back in and said, I forgave you. Why couldn't you forgive this man? And Jesus went on to say, if we will not forgive others their trespasses, how will our heavenly father forgive us our trespasses? You see, the attitude of justice in the kingdom of God is not that I personally get even, that I take vengeance on a person. No, I leave that to God. I say, you're the judge. It's not for me to execute my judgment, but I will leave that person in the hands of God. God is the righteous judge. Everyone will stand before God and give an account of what he has done. And I trust him. I believe that God's judgment will be absolute and will be perfect. I don't want to take that judgment on myself. So as Jesus said here, I'm not going to judge. I'm going to leave it with the Lord. Now, I quickly have to add something here, lest we get a mistaken idea. I'm talking here about personal vengeance, where someone has wronged us and we hold that hurt and that bitterness towards a person And it's actually more destructive in us than it is in the other person. I'm talking about personal judgment here and personal forgiveness. There's another aspect of corporate judgment. And God gives the right and responsibility to government to have a righteous judgment system. And families need to have a righteous judgment system as children are disciplined. It doesn't mean that there's no discipline, but it means that that must be done by God's delegated authorities But personally, we're not wishing that people get what they deserve. We're wishing that they'll come to repentance. We're wishing that they'll come to Christ, that they'll receive the forgiveness that we received, and as a result, be redeemed and be born into the kingdom of God and enjoy all the benefits that God has for each and every one of us. So these are the contrasts, and we've gone over them quickly, but I trust that we've talked about them enough that there will be seeds planted in you that will grow and develop as you think about these things and that you will show the kingdom of God 
through your life. Now, as I say that, I want to caution us one thing. We can't accomplish this Christian lifestyle and manifest these differences by our own efforts and by just trying to follow Christian principles. We can't do it in our own strength, but we can do it as we live in relationship with Christ through His Spirit. You see, we're not called to have a relationship with principles. We're called to have a relationship with God. And when we put our trust in God and walk in the Spirit, then all of these attributes will come forth from our life and the world will see and be attracted to Christ and will yield their lives to Him. Well, that's our time for today, but we'll be back on Monday. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.